Hey everyone, this is Beth. And I'm Jeff. And this is your Enneagram Coach, the podcast. And we're here to help you to understand yourself with astonishing clarity so that you can break free from self-condemnation, fear, and shame by knowing and experiencing the unconditional love, forgiveness, and freedom in Christ. Well, if you didn't know, we're also on YouTube. So go watch the podcast there. Like and subscribe so you don't miss any of the upcoming content that we release. Well, today we're going to be talking about type sixes. And so being a type six, this is going to be very interesting. I'm uh, talking about myself, but our wings are five and seven. Now, if you don't know much about wings and you're maybe new to the Enneagram, be sure to head over to episode 160, where we explain Enneagram wings in more detail. So... Um, so let's dive into the world of sevens. So they're spontaneous, they're optimistic, uh, they run headlong into new experiences, what's fun. They're going to typically, I wouldn't say throw out safety completely, but they're definitely willing to try new things. And um, even if there's some anxiety, you know, around it, it's like, hey, let's just try it. This is going to be fun. Now, the seven's core fear is the fear of being deprived, limited, bored, trapped in emotional pain, missing out on something fun, but they desire to be happy, fully satisfied, and content. So what you're going to see with your seven's is, and how the seven wing will show up is it's more outgoing, it can be distracted easily, it's very friendly and charming, it loves to network and connect with, yeah, network and connect with others. Um, it also helps to establish these um, society uh, community systems for the six to feel safe and secure, but it also is going to feel the freedom to connect with others to gain a sense of guidance uh, when they feel unsure. Because the seven is much more apt to move into the lives of others and to connect. And so this the six will find that ability to connect with others to ask questions and to get the information it needs. The other thing about sevens is it also allows the six to feel a lot more grace and joy when now sixes, I know you're out there and you're thinking, but Beth, we're, we just see reality. I know, but everyone else tends to see it as pessimism. Yeah, but they're stupid. (laughs) But, but the seven part of your heart will bring um, levity. It will bring joy. It will bring a sense of confidence. Sevens really don't see failure. They reframe things into, well, it's a new opportunity. Now you're still a six, so it's not going to be quite that. <laughs> Sorry. I was trying to hold it back and it didn't quite work. So I just yawned as Beth described the seven. How about that? How do you do that? Does your... I don't know. Does your voice really matter? <laughs> we need to keep that in the in the podcast. Oh. As, a, as a video oh blooper. Oh my goodness! Fall yeah. asleep. Another blooper. I'm so sorry. You took a nap. Yeah, you took a nap. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not sure where I was, but we'll go with it. Um, so sevens will bring in this sense of spontaneity and joy and freedom even to a six who might see the world from more being suspicious and anxious. So this can be a really fun um, dynamic. Now it can be a push and pull and we'll talk about the unhealthy aspects of the seven, but the six who wants to think of all the ways that things might not go right. The seven is going to kind of push and say, but let's try it. Let's have some fun. Let's see where this goes. The other thing, and actually this will go probably to the more unhealthy side is they can be really funny and witty 
when you bring that seven in, it is hilarious, but it can also turn to the worst. And we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> so, uh, Adam and Carrie, both of you had sevens majority of your life, like that seven wing. So, uh, yeah, Adam, I want to hear from Kara first. Okay, Kara. Okay, yeah, Kara, like, let's hear about what the seven was like <laughs> in a healthy she's way. She's so much more put together than Adam. Like, she seems <laughs> mature well, and wise. Yes, yes, just keep look, it coming. composed. <laughs> I, I, Adam and I just, have no idea what's going to come out of her mouth. This is, this is true. I, cannot, so, yeah, Kara, I cannot argue with what you just said. Right. How does the seven show up in a healthy way in your life? Yeah, for sure. I think everything you said, Beth, just kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of, I would say the seven balances that six in me that I feel this, I feel that push pull of optimism, pessimism. I would say internally, I'm, I'm, I'm pessimistic. Like a lot of sixes are, I'm thinking this could go wrong. You know, I wake up at 3am with all the worry and worst case scenarios and year of, you know, the kid's cough is going to turn into something that they're going to be dead the next day. You know, how many, how many things, little aches and pains have I turned into like, I'm dead. It, let's just land my funeral right now. But that's, but that's well then, but I, people don't see that about, people really don't, I do not present. So when I said, when people learned I was a six in the Enneagram, they were like, I just don't see that because I present with this optimistic energy. And it's, so it's this push pull, but it is, I think, um, it's the seven that makes me remember, you know, things can go right. Things mm. aren't going to always go wrong. And so that's a huge gift to me. Now, and Kara, oh. do you, does your family recognize when seven Kara shows up? They do because I become like with my husband and kids, I become really silly and playful. My husband's a one. Um, so, so he actually, you know, goes to a seven in sure. a place of growth. So when we meet in that middle spot, which doesn't happen all that often that we're both there at the same moment, um, we we have a lot of fun. But yeah, the the kids, I mean, I have three kids and they they know, I mean, would they know to say it's a seven? I'm not sure. But <laughs> sure. mom that's dancing around, making up silly songs, uh, just being goofy and mm. coming up with funny things. It's kind of that side. Like my husband will be like, did you just say that? Like, that's kind of a weird <laughs> Like a way with words, like a little, you know, with things mm -hmm. that are just maybe a little off or funny. In my mind, do they really have a nickname funny. for it? What was that? Do they have a nickname for you whenever you get to silly mom? Oh, good question. Not that comes to mind, but now that's going to be a dinner conversation. I know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, and I'm curious when you guys go on vacation, does yeah. this part of you and your husband kind of come out probably more than for sure other times? Yes. Mm -hmm. I love vacations. I love planning the vacation. I see that's another place I see the five is in the planning. Um, but absolutely when I'm on vacation, I feel very little anxiety. I just kind of just, I'm like, oh, things are going to go well, you know? And so I see that coming out a lot. And I think the kids feel that too. They see the difference of who, when I'm not doing well, the six can worry and want to micromanage to then I let, I let it go. And I just kind of, I'm like, this is, it's all going to work out, which is a really a great, that's a better space for me sometimes to be in. So those are some of the ways that I see. Yeah. And the social side too. I think I lean into the seven for sure in um, situations where I really need to be energetic, even times where I think my younger self, I was more naturally energetic and sociable. Now I see it as a gift when I'm feeling like, oh, I'm kind of spent and I'm like, okay, 
I can do this. I can tap into this part of me that is going to bring the fun or bring the energy and the enthusiasm when I need it, right. which is a gift as well. That's awesome. Adam, tell us about the jackal. <laughs> <laughs> All my friends that we've traveled with and family members, they, they, they call it vacation Adam. When we go on vacation, there's this, there's, it is full blown like seven mode. You know, it's, it's just the seven takes over. Um, so yeah, so our, most of my life growing up, I, I really relied heavily on the seven part of me and, and, and I, and I've learned to really thank and honor that part because, you know, without getting too vulnerable, um, there was, you know, some, some anxiety in the home and, and, and a little bit of instability in the home. And that part of me, um, really helped me like make it make it through and, and help me deal with the, I mean, I could have picked a lot of other destructive ways to deal with what was going on inside of me, but the seven really showed up and gave me the gift of, of fun and br brightness and humor and, um, and, and, and I think reframing in a healthy way, you know, not all reframing is bad. I think at its worst, at its worst, optimism is, is really denial or bypassing some sort of spirit, spiritual bypassing, but at its best, the sevens optimism translates into resiliency, you know, and hope. I mean, the, my favorite definition of hope I've ever heard, uh, was from Phil Hern, Herndon and Phil said that hope is no matter how dark it gets, you can't stop looking around the corner for life. And I feel like that's the gift of the seven to me is like, Hey buddy, life, there's life out there. there it's going to be okay. I mean, um, you know, it's, it reminds me not to take myself too seriously, um, to laugh at myself, you know, it's okay to laugh at myself. It's okay to play. Um, and that can push me to be the life of the party sometimes. And that even that's, that's okay. You know? And, mm -hmm. um, and the other thing is just the courage to take risks, you know? I mean, I think my default as a type six, if it okay. feels, what's that? Right. When you said that, all I could, all I could think of is when taking risks was when <laughs> you were at our house and there was that TikTok challenge of the uh -huh. center of gravity, and like you put With your men and women, yeah, you put your you're on your hands and knees and you put your arms behind your back as fast as possible, and guys can't do it. What? Oh man, Adam. It. When yeah, I saw that video, chill. when I saw that video at, at your house, I said, "There's no way I can't not do this. I know I can do this. I've got a strong enough cord to do this." And <laughs> I fell, I fell the first time and caught myself with my hands, if you remember. And then I was yep. so determined to do it again. And maybe we can find the video and actually release it to to our audience. <laughs> I hit my face. You can see in my face, especially if you watch in slow motion. You can see my face bounce off your concrete. You're lucky you didn't bite your tongue off. I, oh my gosh! Or lose a tooth? Yeah, I mean it was. <laughs> no kidding. I mean, uh, wasn't your jaw hurting for like? It was hardwood floor. I, had, I mean, I there was no cushion at all. I had all. a migraine headache the rest of the night, and I just and I just pushed. <laughs> I pushed through it. I just you know. But it you had a concussion, Adam. You, I mean, we should have thrown the flag, put you on concussion protocol. And we... It is so sad because I'm like sitting here laughing, but it was hilarious. Uh, yeah. What is your um, subtype, Adam? My, well, it's it's a bit it's a bit more one to one. 
I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's a little, it's a little more one-to-one, but you know, since we use all three, I mean, I, I, I do see yeah. self, I do see self-preservation quite a bit, yeah. you know, and I, yeah. uh, I do see that quite a bit. Well, early, early <laughs> on in life, it was much more one-to-one, yeah. much more. I was just yeah. thinking that risk-taking, I don't resonate as much. That part isn't as strong in me, yeah. I think, but like I see well, that yeah, too. Either one-to-one is a little more repressed, I'd say, of my instincts, like social and Mm-hmm. I see the social and self pres all the time, yeah. and I don't see that. Um, mm-hmm. the I would so say that my knee jerk default reaction when it comes to an opportunity to do something big and scary or some some kind of risk is to keep my feet where they are on the ground. I don't want to take a step in that direction. I don't want to do that. But for whatever reason in my life, I, I'll blame it on God. He he's always <laughs> like pushing me into these spaces where. I'm having to, to do things that are really, really uncomfortable to me. Like I, I, I never wanted to get on a stage and talk to people, you know, like, but, but, and I became a pastor and, and a teacher and like, um, or being on a podcast, like what I'm doing right now, it's like that. Okay. It's like that, that who's the stand up comedian who said, if we actually thought about what we were doing when we're, when we're in an airplane, we would all completely freak out. Like, it's like, we're thousands of feet in the air right now. <laughs> flying through space in this metal box and it's like if i if i stopped and thought about what i'm doing right now i'm on a podcast i might have a panic attack you know what i mean like there's a part of me that wants to go there but the the seven says like you're you can do this you're gonna do this you were made for this we've got this let's take the risk let's jump into this and it's always pushed me there my whole life and that's a real gift honestly a real gift it's a gift it's a gift yeah yeah well, uh, we do need to talk about another part of the seven wing uh, and how it shows up in our lives. Uh, but remember, it does have positive intent. And so in some ways, it is trying to protect us and it needs God's grace and healing and presence. Uh, the seven wing can make us uh, demand that others meet our need for excitement and fun to distract us from our anxieties. Mm-hmm. We can use escape hatches, these unhealthy indulgences to avoid anxiety, self-doubt, and contradictory thoughts of our inner committee. Uh, we may at times feel, or I do feel, the urge to do something spontaneous that isn't responsible or appropriate, especially if you believe you can get away with it and not get blamed. Why are you giggling over there? I may have yawned <laughs> at you I'm, earlier, but you're giggling. I'm thinking of all the funny things <laughs> that you guys do. Without thinking, too. Without thinking. My... My wife's always like, if the line of what's appropriate is here, like an Enneagram eight will step over the line, but mm-hmm. you get a running start and you jump 50 miles over the line. Right. You know a I mean? running start. And you don't, and you do it yeah. without thinking about it. That's the thing. The eight will do it consciously. Like I'm going to step over the line right now. I know exactly what I'm doing. Yes. I'm in control. We don't even okay. think about it. We'll be back after a quick break. Moms, it's here. Registration is open for Enneagram for Moms cohort. Yes, from May 6th to May 13th, you can grab your spot to be in one of the cohorts with moms of the same Enneagram type, plus with a certified Enneagram coach leading the way. Wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to be with like-minded moms who really understand what it's like to be on your journey as a mom from your type? Yes, it will feel so validating, reassuring, affirming, encouraging. You don't have to mom alone anymore. Go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts 
to grab your spot today because there's only 25 spots available for each cohort. Now we have a cohort for all nine types in the daytime and one in the evening. But when the spots are filled up, they're gone. So grab your spot today at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts. The groups start the week of June 10th and go until the week of July 29th. There are 90 minute sessions and there's eight of them. Plus you'll get a free Facebook group community where you can continue the conversation with one another. Join today. Yeah, Beth will do that, but she like puts a tiptoe over. Right. Like she'll just say something with the kids around that's inappropriate. Yeah, like I'll tiptoe yeah. though. Just tiptoe over like, there. What what's the what's the water over here? Like? And and if I tell other people about it, then she gets upset with me because I think <laughs> it's funny enough to share with others. That's so true. Well, the seven wing helps us to avoid feelings of pain, sadness, disappointment by looking on the bright side or seeking out new adventures. Um, so why don't we start with you, Kara? How does your seven wing at times show up in unhealthy ways? Yeah. Well, I can think of a few things. First of all, I just was thinking of something um, as a child that I see my seven wing coming up and it's, I think it was more self-protection. I mean, when I look, think of my childhood on some of the struggles that I went through and just going to boarding school, I think my imagination was part of, um, I, I lived in the imagination and story a lot. And I see that as being a piece of my seven. Um, and I see how one of the things my kids kind of joke about, about me now is I'll save all the stories like Bambi and um, Charlotte's wedding, any story that was like remotely sad, I could not handle as a little kid. Like I was just it just, and I think that was both the seven of trying to avoid things that made me sad. And then also the six of a lot of these stories were things where people were, you know, little animals were abandoned or, you know, things it triggered a lot of fear in me. So that's just kind of a, a it's interesting memory. You say that that because uh, movies were a big deal. Now yeah. I have a high capacity for movies. My mom was a Stephen King uh, fan and would watch horror movies. And so I, I didn't have siblings, so I'd sometimes ha- watch them a home alone <laughs> oh, gosh. and just terrifying um, my little soul as I think back. <laughs> poor little guy, just scared to death. <laughs> but movies were a big deal. Yeah, yeah. fantasy is a really big uh, part of that seven oh, yeah. heart. Big time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I just, but I avoided all those sad things. But as an adult, I see one of the, one of the ways I see it um, showing up in as maybe not so healthy as I can move when I'm stressed, I can become, which is partially the three, I think the busyness, but I become very scattered and just kind of unfocused a bit like erratic. Like I'm just like, what am I needing to do here? And forgetful in that kind of more sense of responsible side of the six kind of goes away a bit um, where I just move into that. I try to pack too much in, you know, into a brain, like maybe I have an hour before I need to leave the house. And the seven is like, let's see how much we can get done. I'm just going to laundry and I'm going to send some emails and I'm going to make some dinner. And I'm just a complete mess by the end. And then it just, I'm more anxious, but it's that optimism of like, maybe I can get it done with that six kind of bound. Then I move to the place. It, it does remind me hearing that, Bethy, that uh, Saturday morning, Beth, whenever the kids were younger, not that that was seven, but I it was like you were getting amped up to do something like that. And <laughs> yeah. I can, it, it, it reminded me of that image, Kara, like whenever I can imagine your kids or your husband, like, Oh, okay. Uh, 
mom's here today, a little frenetic, a little yep. scattered. <laughs> yes, frenetic energy gets strong. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I, yeah. They see that in me for sure coming out where I'm just kind of got to move my body and I'm just moving things around, you know, kind of without any real purpose. <laughs> um, I also see how I can I can lean towards procrastination, which might be the five for things that I'm afraid of. Um, like sometimes if I have to make a doctor's appointment that you would think as a six, it would be, I would, you know, I'd want to figure out what's going on. Let's do it. But there's something about that where I'll tend to try to avoid it or I'll put it off or I'll try to just, maybe I'll just, you know, send a text or something to somebody to just avoid having to deal with some of those things that are hard. Or well, I can totally see like the six part of your heart is like thinking of all the like worst case scenarios of going to the doctor. For and sure. then the nine part of your heart, which is your mm-hmm. Enneagram path, yep. is like, yeah, let's shut this down. Let's just avoid it at all yes. costs. Yes. And the seven's like, that sounds like a great idea. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, why do yeah. we have to go there? We don't have right. to. This is right. great. Great idea. Let's do something else. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And then the seven or the three is like, maybe I'll just, you know, make a list of something I can need to do mm-hmm. or something. So right. absolutely. Yeah. I do see that, how that could be the, a lot of that nine parts. Um mm. Where, but that avoiding. I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever know. No, what you can like. What's that, right? I mean, it's so <laughs> foreign <laughs> stuff. Beth, so foreign avoid. to you. Never. Yeah. Adam, what about you? <laughs> well, there's the golden shadow, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. one of the ways that I, I see this, the, the, the jackal or the jester show up for me in an unhealthy way is when I just over rely on humor and I over rely on, on fun and, um, one of the best ways, easiest, like telltale signs that, that this part of me is showing up in an unhealthy way is when I'm just tempted to reach for the fix. So if it's like I just need something to numb and and, and escape whatever it is that I don't want to deal with or I don't want to feel. And uh, so, you know, it could be binging on Netflix. It could be shopping or eating or or binging on reels on my phone or something. And and. I just want to be really clear. None of those things are bad. Um, the problem with all of that is it doesn't, it doesn't sufficiently medicate whatever you're trying to medicate. <laughs> so, and sometimes it just makes the problem worse, you know, and exaggerates the problem and, and can get in some, some funky places, whether that's addiction or whatever. And I certainly have all those tendencies. So, you know, I, 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 I hinted earlier at there's a new name that I sometimes I've been trying on with this part of myself and it's, it's catching on. And so when I see this part show up that way, what one thing that helps me approach it with kindness is if I call it Hutch. So I'm, I'm learning to call this part of myself Hutch. I think I, I don't know mm-hmm. if I've ever shared this with you, but Mm-mm. Hutch yeah, Hutch sounds to me, here's how it happened is it's like, uh, this part of me is always reaching for escape hatches, right? And hutch and mm-hmm. hatch, it's close enough. So it yeah. just kind of, I just sort of started playing with it uh, and it's, it really stuck. And so when, when, whenever I see this part show up, it's, 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 and also hutch is kind of fun. Like I, I kind of want to hang out with that guy, whoever he is. <laughs> he probably, he probably drives like a, a some kind of eighties Trans Am or something, you know. And, well, I mean, uh, it would immediately reminded me of Starskin Hutch. Starskin that's Hutch. right, right, and that's how I see him. That's really how I see him. And he which just, one was Hutch? Hutch the was blonde the, or the brunette. Hutch was the less serious one, right? He was the blonde. I don't. I, think. I don't know. Well, I now think. We're gonna have to watch it. Well, I'm going to look it. it up now. You're <laughs> going to have to watch the the Owen Wilson Ben Stiller remake. Is what you're going to yes. have to watch. Um, 
but uh but you know hutch hutch is trying to help he's trying to help me uh extinguish mm-hmm. whatever you know fire is going on inside of me and and put mm-hmm. out the flames and and help me kind of numb something and uh and and so i realized that i realized he's he's a he's a great helper he's a great asset and there's many times where um that's totally fine like man watch a movie and check out and and realize mm-hmm. that all these other things that that look so big to you and that you're so worried about uh maybe it's because you're too close to it and you're overthinking mm-hmm. it and you're too wrapped up in it so yeah man go watch a movie and make make a big bowl mm-hmm. of popcorn and do so go do something fun that's mm-hmm. all great all helpful but again when you over rely on that when you when you yeah. when you overuse that that's when it becomes i mean isn't that isn't that the problem with everything that we use to cope? It's, it's all, it's usually good stuff. <laughs> so it's not, oh, yeah. it's not that the well, stuff is bad. It's, it right. get, get, we get into trouble with how, how we use it. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. in the Bible, there's uh, the Greek word epithumeo and thumeo means to desire. And epi yeah. just means hyper desire. Hyper desire. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's when we get fixated on something and yeah. we, we're going to use it beyond its normal use so right you know there's improper use and then there's a demand upon something to come through for us in a way that only god can so and i don't think hutch exactly is mature right. enough to know the line there jeff i don't think that part of i think that part of my oh, heart is sure. very very young well, and you bring up a really interesting concept there that these wings you know we talk about the family's responses to the various parts of our enneagram profile and Sometimes uh, these parts of us were not accepted by family or they were encouraged by family. And so they can feel very young whenever we access them. Um, you know, I, I think it was Kara was saying that the seven energy showed up a lot when you were younger versus what it may look more silly now as a middle-aged woman, but it um, it <laughs> it can almost feel associated <laughs> with a particular age. I mean, El Macordo is not an adult. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not working in adulthood at all. He has no paradigm for working in adulthood. Um, I love it, but but we're gonna coach him up. We're gonna get him. That's we're right. gonna get him a job. That's right. We're gonna... Get him stable. <laughs> he's gonna live on a budget. Yeah. yeah. Well, Adam and Kara, thank you so much for uh, making me feel more normal as a six and a little less crazy, and that my experience. Hey, uh, Kara, now everybody knows where to find Adam. He's just lurking, stalking us and hanging around uh, near us. So, But Kara, where can people find out more about you? Sure, yeah. Well, I'm a coach with your Enneagram coach, so you can find me through the directory there. Um, I have, I'm dabbling in social media just a little bit. So I have, I'm on Instagram as Kara R. Coaching. And I have a Facebook page, Kara R. Coaching. So those are great oh, spaces, yeah. We'll dive into that seven wing and just have a ball on Instagram. Mm-hmm. This yes, go for it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> and so, yeah, to, so for those that are curious to find Adam, you know, and Kara on our directory page, you go to my dot com and that's where our certified coaches are. So you can go in there and type in their name and yep. you'll see them pop up. Well, remember, if you're interested in learning more about the Enneagram, head on over to yourenneagramcoach.com. If you want to take your Enneagram knowledge further into where it can really change your life, find one of our coaches like Adam and like Kara, 
And for those of you who want to bless others and by becoming an Enneagram coach, be sure to check out our industry-leading certification program at yourenneagramcoach.com. Our coaching team is looking forward to help you to fulfill some dreams of being a blessing in the lives of others. And as always, remember that the Enneagram reveals your need for Jesus, not your need to work harder. It is the gospel that transforms us. So thanks for tuning in. And in our next episode, we're going to talk about type sevens wings. So uh, we can't wait to see you there.